mentioned, we have been in this journey together for the past three weeks. And if you are new, please join. Come on board in this journey. It's never too late to be in a journey in knowing Jesus Christ, isn't it? And that's the neat thing about knowing God and being part of God's family is that it's never, never, never too late. Because, because God is always there. So we have been in a journey of finding our purpose. God's purpose for our life. And we have been asking, what question is that? Will you guys say it? Oh, come on. What question is it? What on earth am I here for? Well, Santos started it off with our first purpose, the first calling that God has for each of us. And that is what? Worship. Worship means that we are loved by God. And in return, we are to love him back with our heart, our soul, our mind, and with our strength. And last week, Thomas shared with us the second purpose for our lives, and that is fellowship. Fellowship. We are called to belong. We are called to belong. And that you and I weren't made to go through life all on our own. That you weren't made to, to go through life alone. God made you to belong to his family. The family of God. The church. You see, when you are loved and when you belong, then you can move on to this third calling that God has for us. And it is discipleship. Discipleship. You see, when we follow and we become a follower of Christ and of God, and we, be, and we believe in him, we are a disciple. We are a disciple. And a disciple is one who is called, who is called to become like Christ. We are all called to become like Christ. You know, remember if you, when you were little, as a little kid, someone would ask you, what did you want to be when you grow up? Remember those? Those times, many of you have to go way, way, way back, but that's okay. What did you want to be when you grow up? You know, we asked some of our kids this week, and I want you to watch this video. A doctor, a teacher. I would like to be a lawyer and a judge. Baker, because... I like to cook food. A veterinarian, because I like animals. When I grow up, I want to be an engineer and architect, so I can build green homes for people. I want to be a person who works at an art studio. Surfer, horse owner. When I grow up, I want to be a Christian singer, because I would like to share the word with my disciple. When I grow up, I want to be a cooker. A teacher. A doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to take out babies and see how they look like and they're going to be cute. I want to be a football player. NBA basketball player. A swing teacher. An artist or an actor. A singer. When I grow up, I want to be in the military just like my father. When I grow up, I want to do good in my movie making and become a success in life and make my parents proud. I love to be a scientist. You know it sounds boring then. I want to become a scientist because I think I can uh, bring great ideas to the world. 
aren't they precious? And they are precious. They are a gift to us. And I know they are your children. As I look around, they're your kids. And I pray for those young people. Please pray for them as they want to become what they want to be. So let me ask you this. How do you remember what you wanted to become? Don't think too hard, okay? Because I want to know how many of you actually became what you thought you would be then when you were 8, 9, 10 years old. Would anyone want to claim? Raise your hand. Yes. Amen. There's some of you awesome. Well, our third purpose in life is to become like Christ. He created us to become like him. So what does it really mean to become like Christ? You see, you're not going to be God. We're never going to be little God either. So right now, I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them and let them know, I'm glad you're not God. Go tell the next person, the other person. Thank goodness that the person sitting next to you is not God. You see, God is God, and we're not. See, God does not want you us to become God. This is what he wants us to become. He wants us to become godly. That's the word, godly. There is a difference. It means taking on the the values, the attitude. Oh, that's important. The attitude and the character. You see, when we become a disciple or a follower of God, he wants us to grow up spiritually. And to develop the kind of character that is described in his word. You see, if you're going to become like Jesus, it means that we are going to be filled with his love. Filled with joy. With peace. With patience. And all of those other qualities of Christ. You see, God doesn't want us to stay the same. Thank goodness. He doesn't want us to be in a spiritual diapers in all our entire life. That'd be scary. He wants us to grow up. You see, there are many Christians who grow older but never grow up. And that's what discipleship is about. And listen to this. Discipleship is the process. It's the process of becoming like Christ. When Jesus calls you, Will you respond? Matthew, James, and John, and all of the other disciples, Jesus said to them, come and be my disciple. And they did. They got up, and they followed him. So will you commit to following him and choose to grow by becoming like Christ? You see, the Bible compares becoming like Jesus to running a race. And you saw that video. It is a race of life. Life is not a 100-meter dash. If you're a runner, it's not like that. It's a marathon. You see, you and I are running this race of life. And probably some of you are running this race right now and feeling it. Some are walking faster, slower, or even sprinting through life. Either way, whatever how you're doing your race... Our goal is to become the man, the woman, and the young person that God wants us to be. 
So how do we run this marathon of spiritual maturity to become like Christ? And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you can turn it to Hebrews 12, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And this passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at deals with this thought of our life as a race or a marathon to spiritual maturity, becoming like Christ. And so the first step is, there are three steps that I'd like to share with you this morning. And the first step is in running to this, running this spiritual maturity is simplify life. Simplify life. You and I must simplify life, our lives. It's too complicated, complex. We have to cut out and clean out and discard all the junks that's holding us back from becoming the person that God wants us to become. You've got to clean out the clutter. Some of you are probably thinking about your garage, your closet, your office, wherever it may be. You've got to clean out our mind. You've got to clean out even our schedule. You've got to clean up our, some of our relationships. You've got to get rid of all the unnecessary baggage. Simplify life. You see, in other words, you, you won't run a race wearing nine layers of clothes. Have you seen someone wearing nine layers of clothes running? Uh-uh. You see, if you see someone running a marathon or a race, they are always, they're, they're down to the bare essentials, isn't it? Shorts, tank top, wearing the light pair of shoes in running. You see, you don't want to carry extra baggage through your life. I remember um, the great Aloha Run last year was in February. I've never done it. It was my first time. And I tell you, I did not run. I walked it. I walked it. You see, see, I was running with the old man that day. Sorry, hon. It's my turn. No, just kidding. I did. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's get back to the, run, the walking. We walked. We were walking that, that, uh, that run, really. But I had to think. Am I going to carry a fanny pack? Am I going to wear a jacket? It was pretty chilly at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to get to Aloha Stadium. But you know what? I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to carry anything with me because I know it's going to weigh me down. And I am not going to carry a sweater or anything. But again, it was only a walk, right? Remember, I'm walking, so I could have carried stuff, but I didn't want to. Because I want to make sure I make it there within three hours. That was a long, long walk. But you know what? It was fun. But running a race, look at Hebrews 12.1. It says here, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such, such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You see, the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews is saying to us that the people of faith, the people like Noah, Abraham, Enoch, and all of those others that you will find in chapter 11. See, they are the witnesses to us about godly living. They are godly examples to us to encourage us to do better in life. You see, if these people made it, then we can too. He goes on to tell us, Paul tells us to strip off every weight that slows us down. 
So really, if you're going to become the man and the woman that God wants you to become, we've got to let go of some things. We've got to let go. We have to eliminate some of the diversions, the distractions, the detours, the, the dead ends. How about those time wasters? You see, God has a race that is set for each and every one of us this morning. And it's only you who can run that race. No one else can. You see, the problem, though, is that on this earth that we are in, everybody wants you to run the race. Everybody has a plan for you. But you've got to decide this. Whose race am I going to run? Will it be my own race? Will it be someone else's race? Or will it be God's race that he has for us? You're going to have to choose. You can't all... You can't do all three runs. You'd be amazing if you could. A superwoman or a superman. But we can't. We want to run the race that is set before us, which is God's particular race. And you say to God, I'm going to strip off everything. The, sin, the sins that mess me up. I'm going the junk of my life and the weights, the things that hold me back. The habits, remember those habits that you have, the hurts and the hang-ups that hold me back. So you have to say, I am not just willing to let go of sins. I am not just willing to let go of all the heavy weights on me. This is what we're going to say to God. I am willing to let go of everything. Everything that will take me away from my relationship with God and becoming like him. So when you're doing that, you're saying to God, I'm ready to become the woman, the man, the young person that you made me to be. So the first step is simplify life. I want to simplify my life. Can you say that this morning? Can you turn to the person next to you? And you, I want you to mean it. I want to simplify my life. Can you tell someone that? Really, and as you're saying that, I hope you're meaning it. I don't know where your life is, but simplify. Well, as we continue in this race of becoming like Christ, we see on the next verse is the second step. And the second step is keep our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on him. Verse 2 in Hebrews 12 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects, perfects your faith. It, this is what it says. We do this, in other words, becoming like Christ, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, that's focusing on him every day, every day, on whom our faith depends on from the start on becoming like him until the finish. You see, we cannot become like Jesus unless, this is the word, spend time with him. Why do I need to spend time with him? Focusing my thoughts on him and my mind on him? Listen, because whatever you want to become, you need to think about it. 
You see, if you want to become like Jesus, you you need to think about him. Haven't you noticed that if you hang around people with no ambition, you you begin to have no ambition? You hang around people who are very critical, what happens? You become critical as well. So whoever you spend the most time with is who you're going to become to be. So has anyone heard of this saying? Someone said, you can't soar like the eagles. You can't soar with eagles if you're running around with the turkeys. You want to soar? Soar. Hang around with the eagles, not turkeys. You see, maybe there are some of you here in the congregation who have to probably look at your relationships today. Who are you hanging around with? You need to evaluate that because it does make a difference. If you spend time with Jesus, 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, I tell you what an amazing time it will be. But the more and more you will become like him. Having a quiet time. Having a special place where you meet God every day. Reading your Bible even for five minutes in your day. And talking to God about the things on your heart. And you can say to God, God, here's the things that I'm worried about. Lord, here's the things I'm concerned about. Here's my schedule today. Certainly, here's my schedule. I'm really stressed out. I need your help. And then let God talk to you. And you say, God, is there anything, anything you want to say to me? A lot of times we like to just keep talking. Don't let God to speak to us. Thinking, meditating, looking into his word, praying. You know, for some of you, they may, this may sound really weird, funny, embarrassing. But I know that some of you may find that your bathroom is the only place right now that you can have a quiet time. And I call that the throne. Being in the throne of grace of God. It may sound funny, but you do need that time alone with God. To be a healthy disciple... Of Jesus feeding into, feeding on his word. God's word really must be the first priority. There's a lot of things around there that becomes our priority. But John 8, 31 says, if you continue in my word, my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You've got to spend time and focusing and keeping your eyes on Jesus every day. And any time we take our eyes off of Jesus, it's going to be a spiritual accident. There's going to be a spiritual disaster. And I am convinced that the reason most of us have so much trouble in life because we lose our spiritual focus. We take our eyes off of Jesus. It's so easy to get distracted in this world and not focus on God. It sure is, and many of you can relate to that. But how many of you, let me ask you, how many of you get distracted in the car when you're driving on the road? How many of you text while you're driving on the road? How many of you talk while you're driving on the road with your cell phone? That's scary. That's how people get into an accident. It's the same way. If you don't focus on God, there's going to be a spiritual accident that's about to happen. So look to him daily in scripture and in prayer. Keep your focus on the Lord and your travel in this life journey 
it's going to be a whole lot better, a whole lot better. If you want to be the man and the woman or the, the teenager or the young people that God wants you to be, we need to take some time. And it does take some time. It takes intention. It takes daily. It is one step at a time. It's not, it's, it's not an instant. It doesn't happen just like that. You see, we live in a world and we all want a quick fix in our life, don't we? We want one thing that, that will take away all of our problems and all of the hang-ups and all of our fears instantly. So what do we do? What do people do? They look for the, the magic bullet. They look for the pills, those bad habits. You see, there's also a lot of instant things in the world, don't we? We have instant mashed potato, instant macaroni and cheese, instant coffee, but there is no instant spiritual maturity. It just doesn't happen. It takes time, one step at a time. So when you spend time with God, you focus on him. You begin to reflect God's love and his quality in your life. So in this race of becoming like Christ, we need to simplify our lives. We need to keep our eyes on him. And thirdly, this morning, and thank you for being patient. We're almost there. And this is it. We never give up. Don't give up on me this morning. We're almost there on this stretch of our service this morning. Never give up. Never. Have you ever grown tired of this life? Life is hard on us. Troubles, Problems, pressures, headaches, difficulties, and stress. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the human race. But for the Christians, for the believers, you know, God is going to bring good out of bad. Look at the memory verse that you're going to be looking at this week as, our, as part of week four. And we know, Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is going to use all that you're going through to make you like him. So let's think. If God is going to make us like Jesus, he's going to take us through some situations that Jesus went through. And that's why Hebrews 12:3 tells us, think of all the hostility Jesus he, Jesus, endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. You see, there were times that Jesus was lonely. There were times that he was criticized. There were times that he was betrayed and tempted. He was even misunderstood. And he was worn out with fatigue. And, and, but yet, listen to this, he kept going. He experienced it all. You see, the road to becoming like Christ can be difficult. There are potholes, bumps, and detours. And I tell you, in the walking that great Aloharan, the road wasn't smooth. It wasn't. It was tiring. My legs were hurting. I was getting tired, and I wonder if I was going to ever make it to Aloha Stadium. I kept looking at that stadium, but I was, I said, 
I can do this. I can do this. I keep telling Major, I can do this. I'm almost there. And I did. You see, God does not promise an easy life here on earth. John 16 tells us, 33, he says, and I love this because he says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But I love this part. He says, cheer up, for I have overcome the world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Are you awake? We're almost there. Good. So anybody who tells you that life is easy is out of touch of reality. Life is hard. It is hard. It's not easy. Life is a series of challenges. We face circumstances 24 hours a day. And some of you are probably sitting there and you said, yes, I know what that's like. I've got challenges of my own right now. But God uses the problems, the challenges, the testing to draw us closer to himself. You see, our circumstances forces us to look to God, to trust him, to depend on him. That's the word, on him, not on ourselves. This is where that time where we are growing and becoming. You see, when life gets hard, you need, we need to remember the blessings. The next time we start asking or you start asking God, why is this happening to me? Have any of you said that this week? I bet you have. Why, God, is this happening to me? And it's okay to ask. But when that time comes, I know that many of you are going through an illness right now. That is so hard to understand. Losing a loved one hurts. Losing a job hurts. A bad relationship that you can mend. School must be tough right now. But you know what? Fill in the blanks. You can do that because you've got a lot of those. Fill it in. It's, it hurts. It's just too much. Life is too much right now. But we need to realize that God wants to use all of those tough times that you're going through to build your character, to build you up, your attitude, to build you and wants you to be the person that he wants you to be. So instead of asking why, go ahead and ask why. And after that, this is the next thing to ask. What do you want me to learn from this situation. Ask the why, because you do need to ask. But here, don't stay there. Said, God, what do you want me to learn from this situation? Don't give up. Never, never give up. You see, even though in life may be tough and you're not enjoying it at that moment, but here's a promise, a promise from Jeremiah 29, 11, God's promise for us, his plans. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and here, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So as we go through the struggles in the race of life, one thing that is helpful, that's been helpful to me as well, is that there are people running around you. There are people running with you. You may be running your race, but there's others as well. And I go back to that great aloha run. Others were running fast. I mean fast. Others were walking a little bit faster than we were. And some were walking a little bit slower, which that was good because that means we were not last. And so I tell you, when we were doing that, we were surrounded with people around us. What an encouraging time. 
You see, we need to be surrounded with people who will encourage us, support us, and say, hang in there. Don't give up. And that's what I call a small group. You need to be surrounded with people who will do that for you. So when you're discouraged, they will tell you, cheer up, hang in there. It will make you not to give up because life is hard. And when we were walking the great Aloha Run, I remember those water stations along the way. They were giving water, but they were also cheering us on. You can do it. You're going to get there. It's almost there. Here's a cup of water. Whether I wanted it or not, it was a way. Bathroom was tough, but no thank you. But it was a cheer on to encourage us to keep going. And this morning, I'm going to ask the community choir as we draw our time to a close. They're going to set up. But my prayer for each and every one of us this morning is that you, only you, you will accept the third purpose of your life. And that is the calling to become like Christ. The calling that you have been created to become like him. We are created. And are you willing to take that steps of simplifying your life, focusing on him, and never, never giving up? You see, God has a plan and a purpose for you in mind. He has a destination that he wants to take you to. He wants to change you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You have a choice, though. You have a choice. You can fight against the process of becoming like Christ. You can sit back and relax and do nothing. Or you can work together with God. And do the process together in becoming godly and living a holy life from day to day. So are you living that holy life that God wants you to live life to the fullest? I like the words to this chorus. And it says, to be like Jesus, this hope possesses me in every thought and deed. This is my aim. And my creed. To be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. We're not alone. His spirit helping me like him I'll be to be like Jesus. Make that be your commitment this morning. And right now the community choir is going to sing a song. A song that we are going to ask you to reflect upon about your life. And it says, my life is in your hands. Listen and allow God to minister to you today. He's got your life in his hands. And we need to just trust him. Trust him and be obedient to his purpose.